welcome. You're listening to The Human Resource. I know, it sounds like a whole new name. Well, guess what? My name is Pandy Pridemore, and I'm going to tell you why that sounds like a new name. We used to be, or let's say we were better known as HR Updates here at ICRC-TV in Cincinnati, Ohio. Well, we decided to give it a new face. We've had so much great response over the last few years. HR Updates has always been wrapped around and designed and, and, and focused on the relevant topics of human resource people. And it doesn't mean just professional human resource people. Anyone that fills that that spot, that that responsibility, whoever wears that hat. We designed that show, HR Updates, to help them deal with the situations at hand. And we, we have just had so much fun over the past few years that uh, both producers came to me and said, you know what, we're, we're going to give it a new twist. We're going to turn this show into a podcast, and we want to know what you can do with it. Well, for those of you who don't know me, I've been a consultant for, oh gosh, over 17 years now, Uh, but I'm an old shoe. I've been in HR for over 40 years. So what I want to do is keep that that focus on regulatory and compliance topics. I want to keep the focus on keeping the topics very relevant and stuff that you can can apply, that you can go back to your, your businesses and your companies and say, hey, we should be doing things this way, or we should be thinking of things from this perspective. But at the same time, I also want you to learn from bumps and bruises of other people, of other companies, because sometimes we actually can learn more by just listening and watching. So the human resource is going to be taking a move towards helping you understand how other people have gone through some of the challenges and struggles and hurdles of human resource topics and what they've learned from them, and what you can do so that you don't get back into the same situation. Now, in my mind, this is basically a what were they thinking moment, or you know, how do we, how do we avoid what they just did, but we're going to start with the easy stuff, and then we're just going to kind of keep moving forward into the more difficult stuff. Now, today, we're going to do our Nargle uh, show around I-9s. Okay, why I-9s? Well, for those of you who are keeping up on all the updates, you may have heard that the I-9 is going to be updated. It's going to be changed. Now, the current I- I-9 that we're using, and for those of you who aren't familiar with I-9s, this is the employment eligibility form overseen by Homeland Security that is required of all new hires. It's the only time you're going to fill it out. Only time you're ever going to see this form is if you're a new hire in an organization and the HR person comes to you and says, hey, we need you to provide documents according to the list provided by Homeland Security and we need to have them within the first couple of days of your employment. Well, that form to date was last updated in 2019 and expires here in October of 2022. Well, if any of you have been paying attention and you're in that HR role, that form alone had 15 pages of instructions, only two pages that needed to be completed, and one additional page 
providing the list of documents that were acceptable. The, uh, the, the, the message that we're getting, and according to an article currently, um, well, not currently, but recently put out by uh, SHRM, and all of you know who SHRM is, the changes are, are going to be somewhat simplistic, but hopefully meaningful. Listen to this list. Just, just listen to the list. They're going to compress sections one and two from two pages to one. Now, remember, it's only a two-page form anyways, right? They're going to take sections one and two, and there's three sections on the current form, but they're going to compress one and two. They're going to move section three, which right now is focused on re-verification and uh, certification of rehires. They're going to make it a standalone section, which would only be uh, accessed if needed. Now, remember, these are proposed. Third is they're updating the list of acceptable documents to include to a, a link for list C documents. Hmm. Now, personally, I think that list A is going to get revised as well. You know, when, when we saw the uh, movement down at the southern border and we saw all these individuals coming in that were going to require very special visas, I made the prediction back then, we're, we're going to see a change in the I-9. The list of acceptable documents is definitely going to change. Well, the document here from SHRM is basically saying list C documents are possibly going to be changing. But I, I'm telling you right now, watch that list A. They're also saying they're going to reduce and simplify the form's instructions from 15 pages to 7 pages. Well, thank goodness let me just let me stop there. How many of you that are listening that help either collect these forms or review these forms? How many of you read the fifteen pages instructions? And I remember I'm a consultant and I'm out auditing these forms for companies, and I can tell you right now that of all the vast numbers of of companies that I have worked with, no one has ever thoroughly read the 15-page instructions. Well, if you're going to make it down to seven pages, will you read it then? It would be great. And if and I'm trying to sit here, I mean, I'm, my, my instruction list, if you could see it right now, is, is just highlighted over and over and over again of, of key points. I've been wondering what of those additional eight pages aren't needed. So that tells you right there that there's going to be some additional changes to this I-9. Then they're going to uh, reduce, let's see, remove electronic PDF enhancements to ensure that the form can be completed on all electronic devices. Well, that tells you right there that they're going to try to make it easier for individuals with telephones to, to fill this out on their cell phone. Not a bad deal. I mean, I, 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 we've got a lot of young people who do not use desktops or laptops anymore. So that's not a bad idea. And then a, a smaller change that they're proposing is the elimination of the not applicable NA in the fields that are not completed. So for those of you who are not completing the forms currently electronically, if you have a blank form or excuse me, a blank field, 
right now it's required that you put an NA in there. Even if it's the middle initial, you're supposed to be putting an NA in there. Well, gosh, I can tell you that when we're going through and auditing those and we find all those open fields, that's a lot of work for an HR person. And remember, page one, if you have corrections on page one, that's supposed to be, those corrections are supposed to be made by the employee themselves, not you, not the HR rep. So quite frankly, as I read through this, I'm thinking, not a bad deal. I'm not certain if I asked some of you and we talked about it, I wonder how many of you would say that the last revision actually made the form easier. And remember, you don't get to escape from this form. Every time a company hires an employee, this form is required. So making something rather simple or at least easier to complete both on the employee side as well as the HR side, I would think that would be the goal. But come on, guys, we're dealing with the government here. And nothing, nothing is ever easy with the government. Now, what I will remind you, too, is with the current form, we are still permitted to take visual observation and records of documents through the end of this month, April of 2022. After that date, we've got to return back to tactile a lot of people that I'm talking to are begging for the ability to continue that visual observation of documents. And it only makes sense. I'm not saying that it verifies that the documents are accurate, but come on, guys. With all the remote workers that we're seeing in the workforce right now, if you're like some of my clients, you're having a bear of a time having those employees, those remote employees, Find someone who will complete the I-9 on behalf of your company. The visual observation, the visual record taking of those documents by Zoom or Skype or Teams or WebEx or whatever you're using, that is just so convenient. So if anyone's listening from uh, DHS, take it from me. If you can, if, if your goal is to make this easier and um sometimes even more accurate, allow us to continue taking those visually, take those documents visually, because it is sometimes even more questionable whether the documents or the form has been completed correctly when they're asking a stranger on the street or somebody at a bank or somebody at at the insurance company or something saying, hey, will you complete the sign nine for me? So there's my recommendation. (laughs) don't know whether you're going to agree with me or not, but obviously, obviously, I-9 is going to change. And, you know, the other thing I was thinking about the other day was I'm wondering if they will give it to us in a timely manner, because if you recall, if you were in the role of HR this last time, it expired in 2019, but they didn't have the new form out for a, a number of months, so we were still using the expired form. And it, there's, you know, who knows? I mean, really, who, who knows whether they're going to have the new one out in a timely manner or not. But just be prepared. Don't print out a whole bunch of 22s right now. You know, if, you, if you're one of those people who likes to have a whole bunch of paper around, don't be printing out a whole bunch because think about it. This is April, so in six months, this form's supposed to change. Uh, be looking for that and set yourself a calendar note 
to be looking for that updated new I-9. Now, why is this so important that I'm talking about I-9s? Well, I told you I was going to give you real-world problems or real-world real issues to think about. Well, I've got a doozy for you. And I, I just, when I read this, I absolutely went back and looked for another article and reread it again. A recent article in the National Law Review shared that a organization, and, and, and let, me, let me go further, this is a staffing agency, a staffing agency recently was fined $1.5 million due to errors on their I-9s. I'm not making this up. I, I, can, I can tell you where that you can find it. Total, let me get this straight, Total Employment and Management, T-E-A-M, team, was actually fined by Homeland Security and then by the courts. Originally, a, a fee of ICE actually was seeking $2.6 million in fines on nothing but I-9 violations based on 1,853 employees that this organization had collected or was supposed to, excuse me, was supposed to have collected I-9s on. And let me give you more information. This, this just kills me. The employer actually only had less than 50 full-time regular employees, but hundreds of seasonal employees at various points during the year. They're a staffing agency. That doesn't sound unusual, right? They're, they're bringing people in based on the needs. They're, you know, they're, they're staying for a couple months. They leave. It's the demographic we have right now in, in our workforce. It's this transitional kind of, of uh, workforce that we've got that staffing agencies are fighting with. But even a staffing agency did not have well-trained HR representatives or individuals. And, and remember, everybody thinks recruiting and staffing is a major HR role. Well, the individuals for this organization were not well-trained and got a serious fine to follow it. The issues that they found were lack of signatures, the category of employment authorization in Section 1 wasn't completed, there were no names or signatures back on Section 2, on page 2. The list goes on and on and on. I mean, who? Well, how many of your companies can actually deal with a $1.5 million fine? And, you know, I have to tell you, they just raised the fees and the fines. Homeland Security just raised the fee. Well, let's just say the range. Let me tell you the range for these fines are now $252 to $2,507 per form. Per form. That's a lot of money. That is a lot of money. And when ICE came in, they actually got a tip from someone. They got a phone call. And how many times, I, I tell my clients all the time, look, guys, this doesn't take any formal complaint process. All somebody has to do is pick up the phone and call a department, either with the Department of Labor, National Labor Relations Board, 
ice and say, hey, I don't think they're doing it right over here. And here they come. And they can subpoena past records in some situations. In this particular situation, they really didn't have to. But they only gave the employer three days to produce all these documents. You know, the attorneys that I work with and um, the individuals that I deal with sometimes are often saying, you know, it's never a problem until it is a problem. Well, for this company, I'd say they said they had a problem. So I ask you, how many of you have a problem? Next week, we're going to talk about the top reasons and the top errors that can be found in I-9s. So I'm challenging you. Come back, listen to the podcast again, and bring your I-9s. Because I'm going to give you a list of things to look at, like I would look at as a consultant if I were in your company. My name's Pandy Pridemore. You've been listening to The Human Resource.